Hello and welcome to the Four Press Podcast presented by GolfWeek.com. I'm your host, David Dusak, and this week my special guest is Adam Shupak. Adam is a senior writer with Golf Week, GolfWeek.com, as well as USA Today Sports. And in the podcast you're about to hear, Adam and I go into great length and really take it deep on the win that Paul Casey had in Dubai. Sorry, Paul, that's total BS. We talk at length about what everybody else is talking about right now, which is Patrick Reed. Yes, we talk about his impressive win at the Farmers Insurance Open and how well he played at Torrey Pines, but the real main dish here is obviously the craziness that ensued as Patrick Reed played the 10th hole on the south course of Torrey Pines on Saturday. How he handled that situation, we talk about how golf Twitter handled that situation, and what this is going to mean for Patrick Reed going forward. The Counter. An NFL podcast from USA Today Sports. Featuring For the Wind's Steven Ruiz and Chris Corman. I know people are like just assuming that this is an upgrade at the quarterback position, but I don't think we could say that for a fact. I'd say it's, it's a downgrade. He never really had game-to-game impact just coming off the edge and destroying people that we thought when we saw his athleticism in college and at the combine. And- the Counter. Diving deeper into the NFL with advanced stats, film study, and expert guests. This is The Counter. Listen and subscribe to The Counter on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. So now coming back to the Four Press Podcast, I'd like to bring Adam Shupak on board. Shup, how you doing, buddy? Doing great, doing great. Thanks. It's just another quiet weekend on the PGA Tour, huh? It's just... Uh, you know, I was so looking forward to just watching paragliders and, and look, sort of looking dreamily at my big screen TV, watching the stuff going on at Torrey Pines. I love this tournament. I, I know that a lot of people sometimes knock the golf course. It's, to be honest with you, one of my favorite events of the year. There's a double dip this year. Obviously, we get to go back for the U.S. Open as the Torrey Pines South is going to be hosting the Open in June. And then all hell breaks loose. And um, boy, didn't we just have a, like, a little run at it on uh, on golf Twitter. Let me set the scene for people who... I can't believe that anybody who's listening to this hasn't sort of checked in or at least isn't aware of what's going on. But as Steve DiMeglio wrote on GolfWeek.com Saturday, uh, I'm going to just quote him right out of here. After torching the front nine on the south course in the third round of the Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines, Patrick Reed took to the 10th tee with a four-shot lead, something I actually forgot. He had, he had a big lead getting, heading up to that tee. His tee shot, however, found the bunker left of the fairway. For an awkward lie, Reed hit a 132-yard eight-iron landed left of the cart path um, and off into the rough. That's when things got interesting. As he neared the ball, Reed asked a volunteer if the ball had bounced. They said they had not seen the ball bounce, although replay showed that the ball did bounce before settling into the deep rough. Reed playing, Reed's playing partners, Robbie Shelton and Will Gordon, also said they had not seen the ball bounce, and the caddy said that he had not seen the ball bounce. Reed checked the ball and decided that it was embedded in the ground, and therefore he was entitled basically to relief. He called the rules official who came over, and this is sort of where I'm basically just going to summarize for people. The rules official inspected the spot where Reed had removed his ball and agreed that, yes, the, the plane of the ground had been broken, so Reed was entitled to relief and could drop the ball within one club length of that spot. He did, and he wound up making par. And I don't know, Shoop, if you saw this playing out live, if you ended up seeing this on a replay, as you watched it, what was your overall take? Like, what was your opinion about what what you saw as as you saw it for the first time? 
Yeah, I wasn't watching it live, but when you when you look at it in in retrospect, it, it just it just seems like I have so many questions about his the, the the methods that he used. He's been told that he did everything perfectly correctly, but mm-hmm. I don't I don't agree, and and doesn't seem like his fellow players agree either, and, and certainly social media doesn't agree that you, you just you know I don't think a golfer would just would just I guess you know by the rules you can mark that ball and pick it up but if you're calling a rules official I think you leave it there and and let them see it as it as the ball actually you know lays there you got to do that you got to you got to do that it it seemed real I, I I get the same thing like it, it seemed squirrely and fishy and I understand that the PGA Tour came out and said that he did everything by the book he did everything perfectly and well let me ask you this cuz do you think this ball was embedded no, no, no way. I, I agree. No way. Not not after seeing the video of the way the ball bounced. No way. And that's what I have a problem with is that he shows no remorse that, you know, that he oh. that he got the he got he got the benefit of the doubt from the rules official. And 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 that just, you know, that's a whole thing. We could talk a long time about that, about how the PJ Tour rules officials seem to just uh, give in to whatever the player happens to want. It's become it, it, it's a reality out there. That that's just the way it is. It's a fact of life that that these guys. Uh, I have I have a lot of respect for them, but I also feel like they they cave to what the player wants more times than not. I um I 100% agree. There is no way in my mind that ball is embedded, and obviously the ball bounced. And Reed may not have known that the ball bounce or didn't bounce like he may have genuinely said because he asked the the volunteer who was there and the wording here you know, golf is it gets down to semantics sometimes and i i generally hate the semantics and the wordplay and this and that if you listen to it the volunteer said that she did not see the ball bounce that doesn't mean that she was watching it and said like yep the ball just flew directly into that spot and stopped dead in its tracks she just didn't see if it ball bounced or not the, the part that really got me, though, Adam, was when Reed came off and was talking with Golf Channel and was asked to explain basically how things went down. He said basically to to the effect that, you know, if, if, if he had said to somebody, did the ball bounce and was told, yes, the ball bounced, he would not have checked to see if it was embedded, implying really that he doesn't think that a ball that bounces can be embedded. He said that, you know, if, if, if someone had told me that the ball bounced, I wouldn't have even looked at it. Well, the ball did bounce. He did look at it and he determined that the ball was embedded. So he started talking out of two sides of his mouth here, because if, if the ball, if, if the volunteer said, yep, that bounced, then he's just going to play it as it lies. Lousy lie, thick, rough, damp conditions, not something anybody wants to play. But clearly he reaches down takes the ball out, tosses it aside. He's fiddling around in that space for a little bit, which is, I'm sorry, it's a little bit sketchy under the circumstances. This is this all comes into play. Maybe he's pressing down and creating a depression. Maybe he's realizing the ground is just soft enough as he's checking it. Do we know that he doesn't push the ball down to create a break in the plane as he sort of, and, and induce an embed situation? Because remember, like, when when he takes the ball out and tosses it aside, the rule official isn't even there. So all of a sudden, like to me, he's saying if the ball bounces, then I know the ball isn't going to embed, and therefore I don't check it. 
but that's exactly what happened. He did check, and then he does claim that it's embedded. It it just doesn't smell right, does it? Not at all. And and you know, did, I don't know if you saw what Xander Shoffley had to say after the round. No, uh, no. But but I thought you know he he said that he would wait for an official. You know, you could put a tee in the ground, you check your ball. I mean, he did everything by the book according to the official, and everyone stood yep. by there. Obviously, the talk amongst the boys isn't great, I guess, but he's protected by the tour, and that's all that matters, I guess. And and that that there's a lot in there because this is not the this is not the first time this has happened to Patrick Reed. We've 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 seen this too many times now. And and so in the court of public opinion. You know, he's not getting any any free pass this time. Not that he and, and he does. And, you know, it's just become what's the saying about, you know, you got this is more than a trend. I mean, this is this is uh, it's an issue. Become, it's a real problem. A serious issue. So I don't put any of this. Robbie Shelton, Will Gordon, they're not going to come up to a master's champion and stand up and say, like, dude, you're, this isn't right or whatever. And they may sincerely have no idea, in which case they can't put themselves in a position to say one way or the other. I mean, if they're not looking around, if they don't see something, it's not on them. I, I have no problem. And, and the caddies as well. But you bring up a really excellent point in that when a rules official comes over and the, and the player has already said, like, I think the ball was embedded. Oh, no, yeah, by the way, I tossed the ball. Six feet over there. I've just tossed it away. Because when the rules official shows up, he's like, what's the, what's the deal? He's like, oh, I'm better ball. I've already taken the ball out. Well, okay, so now we're just trying to check to see if the plane of the ground, basically if it created a depression with the impact after the landing. That Shoot, that rough was four or five inches tall. It was damp. Okay, okay so maybe the ground is soft. Um don't you think somehow we've got to get to a point where if you have situations like this, and I want to get back to sort of, you know, whether or not Patrick Reed gets the benefit of the doubt on some of these things in the in the future. I want to come back to that. But somehow or another, doesn't CBS and the tour or NBC or Golf Channel and the tour, whoever is broadcasting, don't we need to come up with a better way under certain circumstances where the all the shots that the leaders certainly are hitting, the final groups certainly on Saturday and Sunday, they're all on camera. They're all videoed. We've got to come up with a better way to be able to get video and get replay to rules officials faster because this this could have been avoided and it wasn't. Okay, well, <clears throat> one thing I did want to talk with you about on this tonight is is with the CBS broadcast. They, they introduced a new feature this week, kind of copying what we've seen in college football, NFL, and other sports for a mm-hmm. while now, having... A, a, a former official or referee involved in the broadcast, the Gene Steratore role, and and they had Ken Tackett. And the problem with this is for the PGA Tour, he is he is an active member of the PGA Tour rules body, and so mm-hmm. we're we're not getting we're we're getting some answers. I guess there's some upside versus not having anyone at all. But I'd rather have nobody at all. I think because he did he just. He just went along with what Pete, with what Patrick Reed. He just agreed with what Patrick Reed. He, he just sounded like a patsy, and we need somebody who is not involved. Somebody who has the knowledge. Somebody who's retired. And you know, I, I saw this in a tweet, and I totally agree. Agree. Paging John Paramore, the former European Tour official, hmm. 
one of the real tough guys out there who didn't care what you said. He was going to hit you with two strokes if you were playing slow. He was going to he was going to call it like it is. He worked for the European Tour, but he was really about about honoring the rules of golf. And I'm not saying I don't. I feel like I'm maybe giving taking a shot to attack it, but it needs to be somebody who isn't actively working for the PGA Tour and thus the players, because it's a players organization. I, we we need somebody who's there's some distance between them and that they're now really working for CBS and you know still there's some relationships there as the broadcast partner so to speak but I, I still think there needs to be a more objective view in there than a, an active PGA Tour rules official just kind of trying to explain the rules a little better for us we need somebody who's going to say that that this is this is not this is unusual <clears throat> this is unusual practice mm-hmm. this is not you know, this is not what most players would have done. And and, and I guess you, you had Faldo. I, I thought Nick Faldo and, and you know, um, to his credit, Jim Nance, a guy who, you know, isn't usually real tough with his interviews. Was yeah. Pretty critical and, and, and called it as it is that, you know, he, he, he didn't, he didn't like it. And, and Ian Baker Finch, another no. guy to, on Sunday who, who usually is very much, uh, uh, you know, the, the grass is green. Every he's just a positive guy, happy go lucky. Yep. Always seems to find the positive side of something. You know, I thought he was pretty critical too. Well, I think it's pretty telling. A couple of things that you sort of mentioned there is that yes, that CBS, just like Golf Channel and NBC, have a working partnership with the PGA Tour. They they generally speaking, as you sort of mentioned with with Finchie, um, they're always going to try and side on the sunny, the positive look to the the good side of of every story nobody that i heard was really coming out in immediate defense of how patrick reed handled the situation um we haven't really heard a number of players taking to social media having his back on this there are some people out there that that certainly are and and i'm not going to say that that this is 100 universal but yeah i i think that faldo and nance and and everybody else on the cbs crew did a pretty good job of like saying like, look, like this, this doesn't seem right. This is certainly at best, this is irregular. And given Patrick's history, which, you know, we can sort of talk about that here in just a second. This is a guy who should probably do everything beyond the letter of the book. You don't want to put yourself in a situation. If you're Patrick Reed, that looks bad because you have history sort of like the way I was watching it. And I'm thinking of Rashid Wallace, um, obviously NBA basketball player, fantastic talent, but there was a period there for about three or four years when any close foul any that, that he got, if he made any complaint to the referees, boom, immediately a technical foul because he had baggage, you know, that everybody was just looking for these incidents and whether they were justified or not, he ends up leading the league in technicals and he gets ejected from games and it becomes like a real problem for him to play because his reputation is is brought along to every game and every referee in those games was was aware of who he was and what his past was going to be like when you're talking about trying to get a referee or somebody to watch the video I, can you think of another sport I, I basketball coaches try and work the refs and try and get calls to be in their favor um, baseball managers will come out sometimes and yell from the dugouts at, at umpires to try and get the balls and the strikes called in their favor and stuff like that what what kind of sport though from what you're insinuating, though, Adam, is, is it that 
the person who is supposed to be there to govern the integrity of the game, to protect the field, and to make sure everything is the, is fair, when we've got a guy like Reed or other big stars who try and work and massage the rules, and they're right on the fringes of what the spirit of the rule is, and they're going to get the call to go their way. That they're going to get somebody. They're they're going to be able to say something to referees that's going to make things work out for them where they get a better lie or they get to move a position or they get to do something. As you said, we've seen this all the time, but like how much backbone does it take to say like, no, you know what? That's not in the spirit of the rules and we're not going to give that to you because clearly we need somebody like that. Yeah. And, and, you know, going to the opposite of your Rashid Wallace example is, is what happened this weekend with Rory McIlroy. Rory McIlroy is a guy mm. who, who called a penalty on himself last year in a major championship because he didn't feel comfortable with the situation. And, and it's stuff like that where when, when he had a very similar situation, his Saturday, same day, 18th hole for, for Rory. And he didn't bother to call a rules official. He just worked it out among his, among the players he was playing with kind of explained the situation and they agreed. And he, you know, apparently both players took proper relief. This is rule 16 dash three. And, with Rory, uh, you know, it kind of came to light because of Patrick Reed, but I think people give Rory a pass because we've seen him be an honorable guy in other in other situations. Whereas mm-hmm. Patrick Reed has a terrible reputation; he's been caught on video in the uh, in the Bahamas, for one example. We, you have Peter Costas after he left CBS commenting about him. about yeah about how he's busted. Reed doing this multiple times, uh, improving his lie in the rough. And so it, it seemed, you know, rules officials that I talked to say that they've noticed that Patrick Reed's always angling, you know, for some certain edge. And I guess, you know, there are people that believe that you you can you can use the rules. The rules can be used to your advantage. And I, I don't mm-hmm. think I think he really believed that the ball didn't bounce. I'm going to give him I, I don't think I think he, I, I'll agree with that. No. I'm with you on that. I agree. But why he picked up the ball and then there's, you know, did he palm it? Did he clean it? I mean, all these other questions that then come about because he he did that odd, made that odd decision um, it, and, and didn't bring the, uh, his, his other competitors over. All of it, it, it makes you wonder. And, 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 and it takes away from what was a really impressive Sunday and victory by, by Patrick Reed. It was. It's a real pity because if Reed's attitude with regard to these kinds of things, if he was more transparent, if, as you sort of mentioned, you know, I, I forget the tournament. I think you sort of alluded to it before, where where McElroy evidently was was in a similar situation to this like a year ago and put the ball back, but but said that that the lie that he that was created when he put the ball back was better than what he had and he didn't like that. And so he redid it to basically his own detriment, recreating this terrible lie at a tournament situation after they checked for some embed rule. Y- you know, and it's yeah, it, I, to to me um a lot of this comes down to reputation. I want to sort of come on to that now with Reed. You've mentioned the incident at the 2019 Hero World Challenge. He's in a bunker he's scraping sand away from the back. He's improving his lie. I thought it was pretty interesting that at the president's cup matches basically the following week in Australia, Justin Thomas is, is busting his chops and is like, you know, raking in bunkers. Hey Patrick, is this how you do it? 
everybody sort of has a laugh. What's what's going to be, do you anticipate the reaction from players in the locker room? Because I tweeted out that this is not going to be a popular win. You know, and some this was alluded to during the CBS broadcast and other people on Saturday on golf Twitter, and I want to talk about golf Twitter in, in a minute, were like, if, if Reed ends up winning this thing by a shot or two, and this controversy ends up being something that potentially aids in his win, then that puts a you know a big mark on, on this. What's going to be the reaction to the guys to this from the guys in the locker room do you think? Well, I think it's I think it's a tainted victory and I think that the players like like again, we, we he had his issues as playing on a Ryder Cup. Who do you pair him with? How do you how do you deal with he's going to be on that team? How is he going to work in the locker room? We, we, he's he's kind of a lone wolf and he he thrives on that and that's great, but mm-hmm. um yeah, I mean, there there's some. Uh, I, I did see, you know, most most of the time, players they're not going to publicly say they're not going to throw a guy under the bus. But there are a couple of young guys out there who maybe don't know about the that they're going to get fined for for <laughs> writing a tweet. I saw Michael Gellerman kind of going going after what uh, Patrick Reed said, mm-hmm. and, and and I thought you know he kind of nailed it. And, and Martin Piller saying, you know, I played I played a lot of balls where it was questionable, but you play it because you're not a hundred percent sure. And, and that's just, that's just in the spirit of the rules. That's, that's what you have to do sometimes. Um, Patrick Reed, again, I feel like has, has benefited. And when, and just the fact that he couldn't look in the camera and say, you know, I looked at that. Yeah, boy, that ball did bounce. There's no way I I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have been able to move that. That was, you know, and you know, it's, it, it's interesting, you know, the previous week at the, uh, at the uh, American Express, there was a situation where Matt Wolf called a rules official in, and and he it was determined that his ball that he did was not responsible for his ball moving in the rough. This was this was in the first round. Then some new yep. video became available that showed that it, that it did move and and that he was responsible for it. A PGA Tour Live had some video that the rules official hadn't seen before, and so retroactively he was penalized and I don't know the rules well enough to mm-hmm. know why that video was was could be used and he could be still penalized versus Patrick Reed because clearly the rules official had to see, looked at that video later and saw the way the ball bounced and has to think there's no way that ball was embedded yeah I mean evidently Reed came on to golf channel um shortly after he you know I, I guess signed his card he's he's talking um with with Golf Channel, he said, you know, basically they're walking over eighteen, and one of the somebody from the score center, one of the officials from the tournament, basically came over with his phone and showed Reed and his playing partners the video of the shot, and that was when they learned the ball had bounced. So clearly, at some point, probably very shortly after they're walking off the green on ten, it's apparent to everybody the ball bounced. I mean, it's 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 totally apparent that that's what happened. Um, it's yeah, I you know, to me, this is another thing for Reed, and one of the big the biggest takeaways for me, and you you touched upon this earlier, there really isn't a sense from Reed of any regret or remorse, or my gosh, like I feel really bad that this is yet another instance. I I really don't seek this stuff out. Crazy things happen to people at every single golf tournament. And most of the time, 
it's not amongst the most elite players who are playing in the final groups, but but they're rules officials making calls and assisting players all the time. Um, how much do you think the reaction that everybody has had to this incident really stems from the fact that not only does Reed have history, he doesn't seem remorseful or sorry. He doesn't come out and say like, you know what? Um, I get that from the outside, people may see that the way I handled this wasn't quite the right way. I, I get that. And just show some measure of like, you know, you know, just empathy, just like the, the whole deal that like, yeah, you know what? I could be handling this if nothing else, um, on the visual side better. Yeah. I caught a little segment of the, of the, uh, Golf Channel finishing up their their show afterwards after the uh, presser with with Patrick Reed where he showed no remorse. I gave I actually I asked him how do you there are people who think you cheated. What do you what would you say to them? And he he basically said nothing. He just said I already talked about this and and said he you know he he didn't do anything. Um, on the Golf Channel, Rich Lerner made the made the connection that this was the ninth PGA Tour win for. Yeah, for Patrick Reed matching um, Bobby Jones, Bobby. and that's all they have in common. Um, it was like scorched earth from Rich Lerner, which he's pretty <laughs> out of character, which made it great. It was awesome. I saw that too. Um, and Brandel Chambly, pretty much on Saturday night, I watched um, the post game show and stuff like that, and just made no mo- qualms about it. You can just see he's seething underneath his sport jacket that that this guy is in yet another situation like this does not appear the least bit remorseful um at best is using the rules not in a way that they were intended to for his own advantage and trying to game the system and at worst is cheating i mean it's it's that 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 is what it is we hate sort of using that word in this game but that that's where we are right now like these incidents have come up multiple times with the same guy with things that should be really cut and dry. And you could just see that Brandel was not having it. Um, and I, I don't know many people that are, um, let's talk about golf Twitter for a second. Um, there have been incidences over the last, I want to say like say two or three years that have really sparked, um, everybody basically in the Twitter universe to come on out and, and jump in. And, and all of a sudden we get these little conversations. Were you the least bit surprised that golf Twitter basically exploded yesterday afternoon as Reed is playing and it was as big a deal on social as it turned out to be? Not at all. I mean, this is Patrick Reed. He's, he's everybody. He's the most hated guy in golf right now. You know what? For a while, Bryson DeChambeau (laughs) was, was, was up there. Um, but I think people mm-hmm. have moved on from from Bryson being so slow and and are more talking about his how wacky he is and his and and also you know he's done a good job validating by getting the win. But you know there are a couple guys that just they 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 are you know there are not many people that are I don't think that are loving Patrick Reed these days. And and but he thrives on this. I had no doubt when I woke up this morning, shoot that 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 he was going to win the golf tournament. I had no doubt in my mind, not just obviously the fact that he was starting with the lead, but as you, as you mentioned, he loves this. He loves to be the villain. He loves to wear the black hat and play the everybody's against us card. Let's go out and show them. And when you've got a short game like his, he finished number one for the week in strokes gained around the green, which is basically short game, finished 10th in putting. He's never going to lead the field 
in stuff off the tee, but he's good enough. He hits enough fairways. Um, you know, he he does what he needs to do to be in a very positive way. I mean this to be a pest. He's one of those guys where you watch him and you're like, okay, he gets up and down from everywhere. He makes a bunch of putts. There's a lot of stuff that's good. Um, it would not be difficult to be a Patrick Reed fan if it weren't for all this crap that that comes up seemingly all the time with this player. I mean, it was it's a real thing. But to your point, um, you know, it, it, I, I've heard people sort of talk about like you know playing the villain and good guys and guys. Is this good for golf or is this bad for golf? And I mean that sort of in the grand scheme of things. People buzz about creating rivalries, about having people that are not so conformist, who are not these robotic country club, you know, play people like it's it and and we want individuals. We want people to speak their mind. We want them to be them. And then as the saying goes, like, you know, they get stifled because of it, that we come out too negatively. Is Patrick Reed good for the game? Well, I don't know. I think, you know, golf is, is a game of is a game of where, you, you know, game of character. And, and I just I have some questions about his character, the way he, way he handles things. It's not just uh, shushing fans anymore and, and having fun like that. This is and guy and people not liking him in, in a villain role that way. This is this is pretty different. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's um. It sort of speaks to the last thing I want to talk to you about before uh, before we round it up because we've we've pretty much gotten almost every angle on this. So John Rahm recently signed a monster deal with Callaway um, because obviously he has tremendous talent, has a lot of potential. He's young, he's charismatic, and people really really like this guy. Um, I don't report on rumors, um, but the numbers that have been kicked around and such like that, monster deal for Rahm to go to Callaway. Patrick Reed is a Masters champion. He's now won, if I'm not mistaken, four years in a row or had a win four years in a row on, on the PGA. He's earned over $33 million in prize money. And last year, Nike decided not to re-up his contract. Um, if you notice that he was wearing a Titleist hat today, he has a ball deal with Titleist. But after that, he doesn't have any really sig big, significant, we refer to as like sort of the major golf brands. I think he's got a watch deal. Um, he's got a, a company that's making his irons. He's the only one out there playing these, these grind works irons that are protos that are made especially for him. How much do you think has his reputation? I, there's no way to quantify this and it's a totally loaded question, but like his reputation has cost him millions and millions of dollars. Can you ever see him being the face of a brand or being sort of like one of the flagship guys of a brand, like pretty much any other major champion and person who wins as much as he does, we would expect them to be. I think, I think a lot of it goes back to the masters when he won the masters, it was, it was very quiet. And, and then, and the storyline coming out of that masters was how he had this difficult relationship with his parents. And, and, and I think people were just, have been turned off by him and, and his story, which, which in a lot of ways, I always have respected the way, he he earned his card the hard way, Monday qualifying, and uh, worked his way into becoming. You know, he, he was cocky and said, "I'm a top five player." When he was nowhere near top five, but he's 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 pretty close to that now. And he's he's earned. He won a major. He's he's done. He's won some World Golf Championships, um, and he's playing some of the best golf in the world right now. Last nine worldwide starts, he's got a win and five top ten. So um, I think you know this is not a course. You know, this is this is kind of the uh, example A that I think 
you know, Kevin Kisner would have said, I can't win on this is where I'm just hoping to get a top 20. I don't even bother. I don't think he even bothered to play this week. And, and this is, of course, the Patrick Reed, the way he hits it probably shouldn't shouldn't win this tournament. But that's how good his short game is. That's how well he putted this week. And that's how much of a grinder he is. That Grindworks label he's got on his shirt is kind of perfect, perfect for him. That is that is a great description of him. He's a grinder. And he showed his resilience today. That is a that that's the when he was asked about what character it shows, uh, golf shows for him. He said resiliency, and I'll give him that. But I think it also shows a few other things that um, don't sh- put him in the in the shiniest light. I agree. Uh, speaking of shiny, you're heading out to Phoenix, Arizona. You're going to be at TPC Scottsdale this coming week, checking out the Waste Management Phoenix Open. For everybody out there, uh, check out Shoop's social media. Uh, where, where can people follow you on Twitter? At Golf Shoopack. Of course. Where else the hell would it be? Check out his stuff this week as well on golfweek.com. Shoop, travel safe. I look forward to talking to you soon, buddy. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks, Deuce.